Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I'm Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Together, we're the founders of Good Egg Investments and creators of the Real Estate Accelerator. We help real estate investors and syndicators build their brands, find the right investors for their deals, and scale their businesses so they can do more and bigger deals. We believe that everyone has the power to make an impact through raising capital and helping people achieve financial freedom through real estate. We invite you to join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can amplify our impact together. We know you're going to love this episode. And hey, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we're going to reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing real estate podcasts on the planet. Ready? Let's go. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Syndication Spotlight by our friends at Good Egg Investments. And of course, I'm your host, Rye Russell, and I'm always so excited because every week we get to meet incredible entrepreneurs in the world of real estate and learn about their expertise and everything they're working on. And so I'm really excited for this episode to share with you, Dalton. Dalton, I thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Rye. Well, don't I ask everybody because there's so many of us in the audience here and we're all in different stages of our real estate journey. We have those just getting started. They're buying the books, getting their, their mindset into succeed all the way to the seasoned investor that's doing commercial properties and has been in the game for years. And so I'm always so curious, Dalton, where are you in your real estate journey and what has that journey looked like for you? In terms of the real estate journey for my new business, we're actually in the very early stages, but in terms of the journey overall, I've been in real estate for the past seven years, and I started off as a residential real estate broker in Colorado and um, just evolved and got more into commercial real estate, got into acquisitions and consulting. And um, now I'm at that point where I'm going to be um, syndicating my first fund here in quarter two. Amazing. And congratulations to you. Thank you. Now, Dalton, I'm curious because... I accidentally got into real estate, as I think many of us have at some point or another. I was at university, I was kind of following the rules, got into my career, and I decided to get my real estate license, right? Like we knew it's going to be a big part of our lives. And I wanted to learn a little bit about things before I just bought a home. And then I decided, well, geez, there's so much more to learn. I, I need to learn about the financial side of this. So then I went and got my mortgage license and I did, I said, I'm not ready for a house yet. You know, I, I want to do this in phases. And ultimately, you know, I did what the what the rules set, right? I bought a duplex and you know, followed the rules, and then things happened, right? Progression happened. I was lucky, I was in Maine, the pandemic hit. And so I was able to, to sell this property. Now I've got new problems. What do you do with that cash? Well, you know, where do you put it? How do you leverage it? And so, Dolan, I'm just so fascinated. You know, when you like, did you wake up one day and say, I'm going to be a real estate agent? So I'm going to do this and then I'm going to scale into that. Like, I'm just curious, you know, how did your mindset bring you on this journey? 
No, I got into it similar to you, but it was by accident. And I actually got into real estate when I was in college. And I remember it was my junior year. And um, so at that point where you're really starting your core classes of, you know, my finance degree, but my junior year of college, I was really good at having a good time. Right. And, um, that, and that got me into trouble a lot of the times. And so in the middle of um, junior year, like a lot of millennials, I wanted to find fulfillment and wanted to find something new to do. So I took off a semester of college to kind of get things right. And my dad said to me, he says, you know, real estate was the only course that you've been doing well in. It's the only A that you have. Um, why don't you go get your real estate broker's license so that when your mother and I want to buy a property in Colorado, you can be our broker. And I said, hey, why not? And literally, that's how I got into it. And it ended up just being a blessing. Incredible. That's so funny. My dad inspired me to take on my first business as well. It very similarly came in that, well, you take a look at what's going well for you, son, and you take a look at some of the opportunities that we have in front of us. And why don't you leverage the things that are going well? So I really love and can respect that. And I can totally put myself uh, in that seat sitting across from your old man uh, having that conversation. So thank you so much for sharing that with me. I love that. Yeah. So you're in real estate, and I know you must be working hard. You're grinding. You're you're kind of seeing how other people, investors, maybe how they're flipping properties, maybe how your parents are getting into you know one property and how they can leverage that. What are some things that you have like words of wisdom for those out in the audience, anybody looking at real estate? What are just some of like the top three principles, Don, that you have? that keeps you safe when evaluating projects? It keeps me safe when I'm evaluating projects. Well, you have to look at the most important thing, which is location. And the next thing would be growth, whether that be population or job growth. And then, um, you know, I think those are the two biggest things that I look at for myself. Number three, couldn't tell you, we're, we're definitely in a uh, more of a, of a niche uh, investment category with my fund. So, and what's your target? What what types of projects are you looking to expand on? So, the projects that we're going to be expanding on are to kind of give you a little bit of a background about the the market opportunity. But during the pandemic and this past year, we saw the demand for second homes increase by a hundred percent year over year. There's never been more demand for second homes than there is right now. The next piece is that over one fourth of high net worth individuals intend to buy more residential real estate in 2021. And global, global house prices increased by over 5% in 2020. There's a huge, huge housing boom right now. And it's definitely a part of it is being able to work from home. And when you're, when you're you know, able to work from home, maybe you want more than one home. So what we're focusing on is uh, luxury real estate throughout the world that not only our investors can benefit from financially, but actually go use the properties as well. And that's something that I think is such an incredible opportunity, right? Because you can, not all of us can be in two places at one time. Actually, I don't necessarily know anybody that can be in two places at one time. And so one of the first things that my friends and I kind of thought about when the pandemic hit was, you know, 
we have our homes, right? I had sold a property and now looking for what do we do with the, the proceeds from that property? And we started to talk about within just kind of a core group, right? Don't ever do anything alone. Uh, you know, in a core group of saying, where do we all go to visit? Where do we all enjoy spending our time where we can potentially create our own little timeshare, if you will, um, but while also having the freedom and flexibility of not managing a pro another property all on your own. And so I'm just curious, you know, how did you come up with this? I mean, obviously there's a lot of things, but, you know, were you brainstorming with your friends? Were you like, man, I just want to get out of here. How did you come up with such a unique niche? And, you know, that's funny that you mentioned that because I have met other high net worth individuals and within real estate that have gone, you know what, me and my friends have been talking for years about let's go buy, you know, a few properties around the world that we can all go use and enjoy and have somebody manage it for us. So it's already been in a lot of people's minds. And um, as the world is getting smaller, too, um, it just makes a lot of sense. And so one of the um, our main competitors is a 15-year-old company called Equity Estates, and they just had their best quarter ever after 15 years in business, right? Now, they have a lot of different problems with their model in terms of their fees, their liquidity, their brand awareness. But in addition, there's another company that came out uh, this past year called Picasso, and it's run by the ex-Zillow CEO, and they just became the fastest company ever to reach unicorn status. They did it in less than 12 months. So they reached a $1 billion valuation in less than 12 months, which is just unheard of around the world. And so you can see that there's there's the demand there, but um, with Picasso, right, you're investing some, you know, over half a million dollars usually, or sometimes even over a million dollars, and you're buying one eighth of one property in one location. Okay, that's, that's, I guess, nice. That's better than what's been before, right? The prior model. But with equity estates, they have a much, I guess, better proposition. And what it is, is that they syndicate funds from high net worth individuals all around the world that want to own more than one second home, right? Once they've raised all of this money, they go out and, and buy luxury properties all throughout the world that these investors can then go use for between 15 and 45 days per year, depending on how much they invested. At the end of 10 to 15 years, they sell the properties, dissolve the fund, pay back the investors, their principal plus their profit interest. And at the end of the day, you all have made money while staying at some of the best properties in the world. So it's a great model. It's a great model, but the That's only so problem, cool. but, but, the, but the biggest problem, one of the, the two biggest problems with their model our first is their fees. So they charge 20% upfront. It's a 20% acquisition fee. You won't find that anywhere else in real estate ever around the world where there's a 20% acquisition fee. And it's because they're the only company in the market that's been doing it. And, they, and they've been getting that. The sure. next piece is the, is the liquidity, right? So if you want to get out in year four, year five, or year six, it's going to take a few months. And you're going to pay 8% or more. Um, and, and liquidity fees and also take a discount. So there's not any liquidity with their model. And um, one of the biggest things about having a, a, a luxury lifestyle brand is that people talk about it, right? When you go stay at the Ritz-Carlton in the Cayman Islands, you don't, you don't tell your friends back home, 
oh, we went and stayed at a hotel in the Cayman Islands, right? <laughs> we went and stayed at a hotel. You go, oh, we were over at the Ritz-Carlton in the Cayman Islands, or we were over at the Four Seasons in Ibiza or whatever it might be, right? You, It's a, it's not a hotel, it's a brand, it's a lifestyle, right? right? Your Four Seasons lifestyle. But when you're staying with our competitor, for instance, the Equity Estates, and your friends ask you, oh, how much money do you pay them? How do they make money? And, you t- and you're, you're, you're not telling them, oh, I paid them 20% up front, right? The properties need to appreciate by 20% before I even break even. That's not something that you share with financially savvy people. And then the next thing is, well, what happens if you want to pull out your investment, you know, for, for a new business or whatever? And then that's another thing you don't want to tell your friends. It's not a good feeling. So with us, our fees are, are one-fourth of theirs. We charge 5% up front. And then the next piece is that we're actually securitizing each investor's ownership interests and issuing them shares online in a digital representation. And then we're also using a secondary marketplace where these investors can then sell their shares with other high net worth individuals throughout the world whenever they want. And when they sell, they pay a less than a 1% liquidity fee. So it's like this, it's similar to, sell, to selling your Tesla stock or your Peloton stock. So those are the two biggest things that we address were our fees and then our liquidity. We also have a few other great things. Like for instance, our competitors raise between 30 and $50 million for their fund. And what that kind of does is it limits them to the kind of properties they can acquire, right? They can either buy a lot of properties at a lower price point or buy less properties at a higher price point. So what we're trying to do is actually raise more money so we can buy more more properties and at a higher price point than our competitors. This is really real estate fractional ownership for the top 1%, right? So that for instance, you can go stay in Monaco, you can go stay in London, you can go stay in Beverly Hills, you know, with our competitor Equity Estates, they have like a minimum investment of $2 million for the properties that they purchase. You really can't buy a porta potty in Monaco with $2 million. So that's the kind of the thing that we're trying to do is go after these price restricted markets for and exclusive markets for our clients. That's incredible. What a really clever idea. Congratulations on that, Dalton. So I'm curious, you know, if I am invested in a property, right? And I let's say I think I think I own one fourth of it. What is the marketplace, if you will, or what is the process where exactly what you said, right? Rye came home with a crazy idea. He needs to finance another business opportunity. It looks like we're going to have to give up Monaco, honey. So we need to we need to sell our, our 25% stake in, in that property. We're going to go finance this, you know, and maybe we'll be back. You know, what, what does that look like? Is there kind of like a, like a back portal marketplace for that? Or is that something where like you transact that or how does that work? So to clarify things, you're not buying a percentage of one property. What you're doing is yeah. you're buying a percentage of the fund that owns 20 awesome. properties throughout the world, right? So let's say that there's a $100 million fund and you invest $1 million to buy one share, right? You own 1% ownership interest of every property in that fund, Got it. right? Cool. So, and what you get not only are the financial benefits, but then also the personal use benefits. So then you also get to go use these properties, these 20 luxury properties throughout the world for up to 45 days per year, right? So that's about, so more than more than six weeks. And the other thing is that there's also the annual operating expenses too. They have to pay your ownership interest of these properties. 
that's estimated to be around 5% of your investment amount. So around $50,000 per year. Now, if you divide 50,000 divided by 45 days, that's an average cost of around $1,100 per night. Okay. You will not find any other $6 million property in the world that you can rent for $1,100 per night. You will not be able to find it in Monaco or in Aspen or in the Hamptons or in the Seychelles. You will not be able to do it. It's about 75% or more cheaper doing it this way. So not only are you saving money on your travel expenses, but you're also, you have a, you have a holder of value in the real estate and it's actually appreciating over time over the next 10 to 15 years. So you're saving money on your travels. You're making money over the long term. Amazing. And that makes perfect sense, right? Because if you look at an investment over a 10, 15, even a 20-year return, I mean, you really see that value adding up over time, compounding over time. And then... I would assume right after the fund decides that, okay, they're going to liquidate, sell off these assets. I mean, if you are kind of in that fund, if you're an investor in that fund, then I suppose that you could have first red refusal, right? If you're like, hey, I'm going to buy this property outright on my own, then I suppose you could potentially do that. Yeah, exactly. So that's in the fund formation, PPM and operating agreement, as well as that if we're getting towards the end of the fund, right, year 10. And um, the reason why it's between year 10 and year 15 is because we don't know what the market's going to be like in 10 years for these different markets, right? It could be really good, it could be really bad. But, you know, for instance, year 15 might be a better year to sell rather than year 10. And so we're going to analyze that at that point in time. But yeah, for instance, exactly right, right? We're going into liquidation mode. It's year 10. And Rye comes to us and he goes, I have been using the Monaco condo for the past, you know, eight years, every single year. I always use it. I love it. I want to purchase it from you. What's the market value? I'm going to buy it from you guys, right? Um, Then of course, of course, Right. right? Interesting. What a clever model. I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to connect because I learned something today. You know, this is something that just you know, a few people are kind of bouncing their minds around, wrapping their minds around of how do you execute this? And what I've learned today, Dalton, is I was thinking too small, right? I was thinking, how can we know? Uh, but it is, right? It's it just, it's a unique opportunity where if you don't have the resources to go purchase that second home, but you have the resources to, to develop a product like this and an offer like this, you can tell that the need is out there. There's just the market where I think many people would have projected the market would have turned for the worse last year. We saw the opposite. And many of us that had been holding properties from anywhere to really three to 10 years, you probably did very well. And so it's just been such a unique opportunity to learn from individuals like yourselves and just other entrepreneurs in this space. So thank you so much for that. Of course. I appreciate uh, you having me on here and talking with me about it. Well, and for the audience members that are excited now to connect with you further and to learn more about you, what is the best way for us to do that? Yeah, so my name is Dalton Skatch, and it's S-K-A-C-H. You can find me on LinkedIn, and you can also find our website, which is www.goldgate.co. And uh, those are the two um, best ways to reach me. I would go on the website, fill out an inquiry, and you can speak with either me or one of my investor relations. 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And again, for all of you that are tuning in, be sure to check out our show notes. We will add goldgate.co there so you can go over there. And of course, we will have Dalton's LinkedIn there as well. So that way you can connect with him directly. We're so grateful to all of you for tuning in to another episode of Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. Dalton, thanks again. Really nice to meet you and great for sharing your insights. Thank you for having me, Ryan. We'll see you all on the next episode of Real Estate Syndication Spotlight by Good Egg Investments. Have a good afternoon. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. If you are a real estate investor or syndicator who would like to be on this podcast, please visit syndicationspotlight.com. And please also join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can connect with you and learn more about you. And if you got something out of this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe to this show and give us a rating and review. We promise to read your feedback and take action to continue to make this show even better and more valuable for the real estate syndication community. My name is Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the real estate syndication spotlight community.